Hello, bot pickers, and welcome to episode 5 of AG My Optics, a podcast where two adult men discuss, overanalyze, and generally take a kid's cartoon and toy line a little too seriously. That cartoon and toy line being predominantly, but not exclusively, Transformers. I am your host, Orion Gear, and with me is my mildly confused co host, Virtual Dave. How are you doing, Virtual Dave? I'm doing good. Doing good. Looking forward to this one. Excellent. Now, regular listeners might have noticed something slightly different about our intro music today, which is a clue to today's topic. Talking of which, Dave, what is today's topic? You came up with it, after all. Um, Today I thought we would do something a little different and focus on our top three and top worst toy lines. Great. It's going to be a sort of countdown. And we're going to start with uh, the worst and end with the best. And we're going to do that in reverse order. Yes. Just like Top of the Pops. <laughs> My, My third worst uh, Transformers toy line would have to be Beast Machines. Mm. Okay. That's not to say there aren't some great toys in Beast Machines. There are. There are lo- quite a few really, really good toys. However, the scaling was all over the place. Um, the decos were all over the place. Some show accuracy was up and down all over the place. Like, like I've said, all, I've said all over the place three times. That's what <laughs> that's what this line was. It was random. So that comes. That's, that's my in my bottom purely because there was no consistency. You had an Optimus Primer that looked nothing like Optimus Primer from the show, mm. and then you'd had some of the vehicles looked bang on show accurate, like mm-hmm. very, oh, sorry, vehicles, sorry. <laughs> they looked bang on. And it was just so disappointing for me as uh, someone who got into Beast Machines and Beast Wars quite late and wanted to pick up the whole show cast. And I was like, mm, yeah, there's not really many good choices here. Like perfect example being... Silverbolt was a terrible looking thing. <laughs> Horrible, tiny, multicolored, completely different to the uh, to how he looked in the show little toy. It was nuts with that kind of big wing shield thing. It was very it's very interesting because a lot of those toys I never even saw mm-hmm. on toy shelves and I only know about them later on. But from what I saw it was very it's a very weird um point in the Transformers history because Transmetals was very show accurate. Almost too across much. The board. But then go to Beast Machines. I mean, fair enough. The transformations that you have to take into account, I have no idea how they would do any of the characters' transformations except maybe the Viacons. Mm-hmm. But still, the like you said, the scaling was just incredibly off. It, it didn't. You, you can't even forgive it in that regard. Well, yeah. I mean, I just spoke about Silverbolt. Yeah. In the show, he was a fairly tall character, mm-hmm. maybe a similar height or but maybe slightly shorter than Cheetor. And yet, how big was the Cheetor toy? It was a supreme-sized <laughs> Cheetor toy. It was gigantic. And I know there was a smaller one as well, but that smaller one looked nothing like the show version. He had these weird, long, extendable legs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just very, very weirdly executed, I think. Um, and I did have all the toys. Like, right. I hunted them down because I wanted the best representation of each character from the show. Mm. And sometimes it was like, well, this is the best representation. It's not a very good one, (laughs) but it's the best one. 
so I'll get this one. So I did have them and I did manage to get hold of the um, Beast Wars Returns line from, from Japan when, when they finally released Beast Machines in Japan, which was really late. It was like after 2000, I think. It was after all the the other ones, wasn't it? It was after. Yeah, it was after the Uni- yeah, the Unicorn trilogy, I think. Yeah. Fact check: The Beast Wars Returns line, aka Beast Machines, ran from late two thousand and four to early two thousand and five, so right in the middle of the Unicorn trilogy. When they did release it, they released like a Toys R Us Japan exclusive line called Beast Wars Returns, and they were more show-accurate deco versions of the characters from the show. So I did manage to get hold of that entire line. Wow. Well, I say entire line. There was only about 10 figures in the line. They were nicer, but again, you know, the moulds were still just not there. Anyway, I'm banging on a bit too much. What's your uh, number three? Um, My number three is one of the few from any of my lists that I have had literally no no, um, toys of or bought any. Uh, is the Transformers Cyberverse line, uh, mm-hmm. which is one of the current and one of the few Transformers lines in toy shops at the moment, I believe. Yeah. For actual kids to buy. Mm-hmm. And I just, from what I see of it and what I've seen of the show, I think the majority of the designs are quite, um, what's the right word? Toyable? To- the- <laughs> Toyetic. Toyetic. They look like they could be made into like half decent toys from just the, the base design. Yeah. And the way we know how these characters transform. Mm-hmm. But from what's on the shelves, it's almost very similar to what I would think of like these machines. It's like the scales all over the shop. Mm-hmm. The figures look terrible. And it's it had to be on this list because that is the line that is at the moment getting kids into the shows. And it is kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I could agree with you. I mean, I see that stuff sometimes, like, you see it in supermarkets and stuff, don't you? Like, it's yeah. if, it, if you're going to find a Transformers toy in a supermarket or someplace like that, it's, you know, I don't know, W.H. Smith's or something, it's going to be Cyberverse because mm-hmm. it's, it's the entry-level stuff. It's aimed at kids. And, mm-hmm. and, and in a way, that's why none of those have appeared on my list because I feel like, it's a bit unfair on them, really, because they're they're not meant to be particularly fantastic toys. They're, for, they're they're very much aimed at a kind of children audience, and if the children enjoy them, fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, mean, I, I do at the same time. Like I say, I do agree with you. I do I do think they look they look they look very good. They're at least they're not consistent within their own line. Let's put it that way. A lot of the stuff is like overly concentrating on the gimmicks rather than the actual transformation aspect of transformers sure transformers lines have always been targeted at kids and they've still managed to pull off some pretty great lines so That's very true but i i do feel like hasbro made a decision to make some cheaper toys that they can sell on pegs at the, at the supermarket mm. that are not quite up to scratch as far as the more kind of you know the stuff you would deliberately gone to toys r us or whatever to buy and spent a bit of money on. Mm-hmm. These are kind of cheap stuff that you can get, you know, when you get your groceries. So what's your number two? Right. Well, this is a bit of a deep cut, I think. I'm going to go for Transformers crossovers. <laughs> are we talking recent crossovers or the old crossovers? I'm talking the the line specifically called 
Transformers crossovers. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so I'm not talking about your beloved Ecto-1 <laughs> or uh, or the DeLorean or the recent uh, Top Gun. Oh, yes. Although I have, I do have my issues with those, which kind of bleeds into this. <laughs> but no, the Transformers crossovers line was mostly, almost, almost completely, Star Wars and Marvel, mm-hmm. Marvel superheroes. So you had a jet that turned into Iron Man and you have uh, a troop carrier that turns into Yoda. <laughs> and, and that's my problem with it. That's my problem with it. I just think it's such a missed opportunity. Why isn't it a jet piloted by Iron Man? Why isn't it um, a troop carrier piloted, maybe not by Yoda, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why these aren't Transformers with a smaller figure from that other franchise as a kind of like um, a team up. I would have preferred it if it was Optimus Prime turning into uh, a, I don't know. So yes, let's say, let's say Optimus Prime turns into a truck that Captain America drives or something, you know, or Megatron turns into a tank that uh, Dr. Doom pilots. (laughs) That seems like a much better idea. It would make a it would make a great cartoon show mm-hmm. or a comic book. These just uh, they seem lazy and sloppy, and they weren't very cool looking toys. They were quite ugly. I vaguely remember that some of the Star Wars ones did have mini people with them, but like you said, they were piloting piloting a robot that looked like them instead of it being a character you know, from the Transformers universe or something, yeah. or even like what they're, what they're doing now and just making up completely new characters for these um, robots to transform into and whatnot. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. It, it, uh, you, you, you put an interesting light on it, actually. I never thought of it that way. To be <laughs> It would have made more sense. It would have been a better crossover if that was the case. Yeah. Well, why is Darth Vader piloting a TIE fighter that turns into him? <laughs> I, don't. I just don't get it. I mean, I, I suppose... That's probably just my own kind of OCD. For me, there needs to be a narrative there. And as far as I can tell, there is none. Yeah, I just thought it was a missed opportunity. I think they could have done a better job with that. You get a crossover stuff. Take what's good about both franchises and mesh them together rather than just go, well, it's a Transformer in that it transforms. But we've got none of the, none of the stuff behind Transformers there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does, it does make them feel more like Gundam or something. It's not really like they... The robot itself had like a mind of its own or anything or just being piloted well i, I mean it's it's not entirely clear but yeah and they were ugly anyway yeah <laughs> what's your what's your number two um my number two i think will be very interesting for you to <laughs> you're not gonna like my number one. Oh, um, i don't know we might <laughs> <laughs> go on what's your number two my number two is transformers energon mm-hmm. okay why? It's only because out of every toy line I've ever bought, Transformers Energon is the one that where I've had the most either QC issues or like I think it was the very first time I've ever had something that's broken right out of the box from when I was collecting from when I was younger. Okay. And it was just always had like that type of like these are way more fragile than anything I've had to deal with from that era. And I just I never really enjoyed the toys as much because I was like, I had to be extra careful with certain joints and things like that. It's interesting. 
like Armada and Cybertron after they were bricks. I could literally feel confident mm. drop them from a certain height and they'd be fine. Okay. But just for the play value, from what I remember of it growing up, it was like I really didn't like how um, I think there is a good chance almost every toy I have from that line is either broken or is about to break the next time I touch it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's an interesting choice because I would probably... Spoilers. <laughs> it's not in my top three, but I would probably rate Energon quite high. It's certainly my favourite of the um, Unicorn Trilogy lines. It's the thing. It, they look really good. Like, a lot of the Decepticons... Yeah with their use of like translucent plastics and stuff it makes them visually appealing yeah just the actual manipulating them was where i had to put them in the list well i suppose it might stem to the fact that when i was buying energon i was in my 20s (laughs) now you were what how old were you when you were buying energon i don't know when did energon come out Uh... 2006 uh, I probably would have been about 13, 14. Transformers Energon was at retail between 2003 and 2004. It's possible in the UK it hung around into 2005, but 2006? Nah, Transformers Cybertron would have been in full swing by then, so I deduct a couple of years from Dave's estimated age. Exactly. So your, your, your approach to them was probably more, more as a kid who's like, my old toys didn't break like these do <laughs> whereas uh, i suppose i was more careful in inverted commas with them so i didn't have these issues mm-hmm. so i suppose that's the difference i could yeah okay cool <laughs> so i suppose you want my number one yes i'm very interested to see what yours is right well you're gonna hate me for it <laughs> my number one worst line of all time mm-hmm. transformers armada wow really <laughs> Wow. I'm not saying that all the toys were bad because <laughs> they weren't. They were, to be honest, I feel a bit cruel, but I felt that Armada was such a massive step backwards from Robots in Disguise and Beast Wars. It felt like because um, Beast Machines had been such a flop, they went, right, let's reset the clock and make toys for tiny children again. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make them all big, bulky, they're going to have no articulation, they're going to be bristling with gimmicks that ruin ruin the way they look and feel and move. They turned into Cyberverse. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, in a way. I mean, I'm not saying... I grew, I grew an appreciation for some of the Armada toys at a later point. I mean, I thought Unicron was fantastic. I thought that was a good toy. Mm. There are a few standout examples here and there. Bendy Prime, he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's well articulated. But you look at that Optimus Prime toy with that auto transformation feature. Oh, the one that blew up for some people and caught fire. <laughs> well, yeah. And it was just it was it was just a really terrible toy. Tidal wave, just a big brick of a thing. Yeah, and the way he would attach to Megatron and make him even more a brick. <laughs> Megatron had no knees. They were really static. And at the time, I mean, even now, I wanted a bit more posability. It's funny how things have changed because these days I get a little bit fed up with excessive articulation. Mm -hmm. But there was very little articulation in this line and 
lots and lots of compromises were made to incorporate minicon gimmicks. The minicons were nice. Yeah, they were. They were quite. They good. were very nice little um, callback to the MicroMasters and stuff, wasn't it? The smaller box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they did feel like that. Uh, oh no, I was going to say Omega Supreme, but he he was Energon, wasn't Energon, he? Energon, yeah. Yeah, he he had like a mini con for a head. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, no, sorry, Amada, I didn't like That's it. That's fine. I didn't like much about it at all, really. I bought very few of the figures. And the ones I did, I generally regretted buying. Wow. But did you have more of a interaction with the Takara versions of stuff, or did you just get the normal Hasbro ones? Um, Hasbro ones. But again, this probably also plays into it a little bit. I kind of got into Transformer collecting around the time of Armada being out. So okay. I didn't watch the dubs of the Japanese show or subs of the Japanese show. And I didn't really watch the Armada TV show either. I really only got on board with that stuff from Energon onwards. So okay. it may also have, a, also have a bit to do with that. Anyway, that's my work. That's my least favorite. What's yours? Um, my least favorite is another almost kind of personal one from what I've had from my own personal collection is Transformers Classics. Really? The early Chug generation line. The first run. The first run. So, you know, the 06 Prime and Megatron who looks like a Nerf cannon or... Yeah, that line, yeah. Yeah, that that, that line of those first, what, 10? Yeah. 15? Yeah. Because then they started just remolding them or reusing them after that for like all the 10 different Seekers or whatever that went on afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that first few characters... I did not like them. Really? I thought the Prime was okay. And maybe the Megatron, just in terms of how simple and easy their transformations were. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, I kind of... No. I just I think, I think what did it for me was Ironhide and Galvatron. Mm-hmm. Just really put me off, off that line. Oh, general. yeah. Well, th- actually, I mean... Ironhide and Galvatron are a little bit further into the line, aren't they? Yeah, they're a bit they're a bit later down, but yeah. Because I think the initial the initial first wave was Prime, Bumblebee, Hot Rod, and Starscream. Starscream, Megatron, someone like someone along those lines, and it was it was it was a few waves in. I don't know whether it had already started calling itself Universe by the time Galvatron came out. I think it did because those. Those early ones, they had like, I remember the boxes had like a little flip thing on yeah. the front of them. The show post mobile, I don't think those ones did later on. So yeah, yeah. And fun fact, they weren't called classics. What were they called? Transformers. <laughs> they only got their name afterwards. The packaging didn't have the word classics printed on it, I believe. Oh, right. Oh. It was just a, well, it was a name that had come through on like kind of some of the kind of uh, solicitations or something, but it didn't actually didn't actually end up on the packaging at first. I think it might have come along a bit later on. Orion Gear is correct. For the first year of the line, the toys were simply labelled Transformers, with the tagline, Robots in Disguise. Classics appeared only as a prefix on some size classes. However, the term Classics did feature on Hasbro's website, and in a few other places at the time. By 2008, the line transitioned or was absorbed into the relaunch of the Universe line, and the Classics moniker was dropped altogether. Incidentally, Ironhide and Galvatron were universe figures, not classics. Okay, I can kind of understand that. I liked those toys, but I think I liked those toys because 
it was the beginning of what we've got now. Of what? It's what started, what you're buying now, what you're getting now, the whole chug thing, the whole War for Cybertron thing. That was the... Oh, I see. That was the beginning of that. And also, at the time, it was kind of a placeholder line while we waited for the evil that was the movie to turn up. <laughs> oh, yes. A last hurrah before Transformers <laughs> goes rubbish. <laughs> I suppose by, by modern standards, those toys have been surpassed. I think that's the problem. I think it's, um, it's interesting when you look back at it because a lot, of that, a lot of those eras of toys anyway, I think I might have had a different opinion on them if I had known of the existence of there being Takara versions of certain ones. Because mm-hmm. some, of, some of the Takara ones I do have, I like a lot more than Hasbro versions of them. Yeah. So I, I think that also does play a part of it as well. Yeah, the Takara version of Megatron was a lot nicer, I think. It wasn't so, uh, yeah. like, it wasn't so much neon green going on. Mm. I don't think there's any neon green. <laughs> I, what I did quite like about that Megatron was they found a way around the we can't make him into a gun thing. Oh, yeah. So it was nice to have a gun Megatron once more. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever have that ever again. I'm, I'm not sure that's probably the last time he's been in a gun in the main line. Yep, I would say so. My right, I guess we want to do the best. So, uh, mm-hmm. since I went first on the worst, I think you can go but go first on the best. What's your What's your third favorite toy line? My third favorite toy line has to be the recent Transformers masterpiece Beast Wars characters. Mm, can you count that as a toy line? Uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> go for it um i have a lot of problems with masterpiece in general the, the, you, you and me both i mean namely the price that has been ever growing mm-hmm. since its inception yeah but there's something about the accuracy of those figures which is just almost maybe up until recently with kingdom has not really been touched in how well they look and feel in both modes. A lot of the times it's kind of like the robot mode is kind of there. The beast mode is kind of there and a lot, especially a lot of third party variations of the characters. But the, when the, they first did primal, I mean, what? Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful toy. Yeah. And yeah, can't, I can't not recognize that. No, I might never want to pick him up. I might never want to touch him <laughs> or transform him, but that's, <laughs> Yeah, it's got incredibly fragile paint. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I love the Masterpiece Beast Wars toys. I mean, I don't actually buy that many Transformers these days, but they're, they're the ones I do still buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're beautiful. I'd only say that it's a small section of the, of the Masterpiece line, and there's so much going on within the whole thing that it'd be hard for me to put Masterpiece. Yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah, I don't pay much attention to the rest of it. It's just... It's just them. I do, I do, but I've had to uh, wean myself off it because I'm so... <laughs> I've got so sick of some of the aspects of what's going on on the G1 side that I was, you know, leave it, leave it to the guys who love that tune aesthetic. That's fine. So anything more to say about that or are you uh, um, ready for my number three? No, I think it's a really good line at uh, what it's trying to do. Like, I know a lot of stuff with, like the G1 side of Masterpiece or even the movie Masterpiece stuff mm-hmm. is under so much scrutiny about its accuracy, its scale, its yeah. looks, its design choices. But I feel like the Beast Wars, whoever's in charge of that, 
is doing it justice for what it's trying to do, for the most part. I think what's perfect about Beast Wars, Beast Wars and the Masterpiece line is that there is only one image in people's heads of what a Beast Wars character looks like. Yeah. And it's from that show. You know, Optimus Primal looks like he did on the mainframe 3D animated TV show. That's what he looks like. Unless you are a particular fan of the original toys and you'd like to see updated versions that look like the original mm -hmm. toys, to which the answer would be, you've got the original <laughs> toys and they were really good. You've got another chance to get the original toys now. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're being reissued. The problem you get with, uh, with, with G1 is that everyone's got their own idea about what Optimus Prime should look to look like or Bumblebee or whatever based on various sources and it's very hard to make everybody happy it's true it's it's because I mean even in G1 they change from episode to episode or if you think season exactly. season one to the movie and then what happens in season three and four it, yeah 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 it's very true actually and on top of that the guys designing the Beast Wars um masterpieces have got 3d models to work from from the show mm -hmm. um you don't have that from a you know a 2d hand-drawn cartoon from the 1980s I'm, sh I'm sure someone does someone online has made their own <laughs> well yeah but i mean yeah but but that's what i mean the source material it's it's so much more precise and, and concise anyway enough about that good choice so should i give you my number three Yes, I can't wait to find out. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, did agonise over this a little bit, but and this this line was not in my top three for a, a while until I actually kind of thought about it and thought about how much I enjoyed the line. It's Transformers animated. Ah. They were beautiful figures, really great looking toys, and I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the show, even though I found it a little bit too kidsy in places. Mm -hmm. But it was it was a fun little show with some really nice nice designs and toys that were like perfect little representations of what you saw in the show. And the way they managed to get those angular alt modes out of um, out of those kind of slightly softer cartoony bodies was really impressive mm -hmm. we used the word earlier they were very toyetic they looked and felt like toys they were solid toys as well they weren't particularly mm -hmm. fragile they were proper kids toys and they look great and they would they would have appealed to me as a seven-year-old i'm sure mm -hmm. and i mean I, in doing my research for this actually i did um I, I didn't know that this is one of the one of the few rare times where it wasn't a case of here's the toys animate them it was Here's the show, make the toys. Okay. So yeah, apparently the the guys, because it was a Cartoon Network show, I believe, and the guys making the making the show were working alongside the designers at Hasbro and Takara and so on, but they designed the characters for the TV show and the toy designers then made them work as toys, wow. not the other way around, which I think is the better way to go. I, I really think it should be a fiction first approach with any of this stuff. It's really true. It's really interesting. All the points you raised is kind of what I had my, uh, my thoughts about Cyberverse. It was because we know it can be done and that yeah. animated is a good representation of it. It's like those toys were really show accurate to a fault. They all kind of really felt like the characters you saw on screen. 
and yeah even the little things like even in like because that makes sense to me now you now you say it, it's like a lot of the stuff in the show when they transform is in working with the transformation of their toys yep like the way the way bumblebee transforms is the way his toy transforms yep so it's yeah no it's a good choice <laughs> yeah and it was just it was such a bold stylistic change as well like I remember when animated was first kind of started to be talked about a bit of artwork from one of the guys apparently responsible for some of the character design popped up where he'd drawn some kind of some robots, some transformers, apparently. Mm -hmm. And they they weren't ones that appeared in the show. I think he was just working out what what he wanted to do, really. I remember that one image getting kind of shared around and there'd be so much anger and so much (laughs) upset about how how jarringly different it was and how oh it's too kidsy and childish and mm-hmm. but i thought this is this looks great mm-hmm. you look at the three shows before this the um mm-hmm. the, the unicron trilogy stuff and those shows didn't do very well i know you love them <laughs> but 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 they, they, <laughs> they weren't huge hits you know no they weren't so they needed to go in another direction and it was really it's it, it's probably the the second time after Beast Wars that they did that, where they went, right, let's just do something completely different. Unless, of course, you maybe maybe talking about the movies, but the movies were completely different for a different reason. They were, we need to make this work on the big screen and look cool and have massive movie-going audiences buy into this idea. And as much as I hate those movies, it worked. Yeah, I think it's it's prob- that's probably like like a most unlucky thing about animated is that the time it fell into because if it was like a year or two before. Mm-hmm. it probably would have had the chance to really grow and get that type of love for it. Yeah. It came out just about that same time as the first movie, right? It came and out it's... just after the first movie. They delayed it. They delayed its release because of the movie. Yeah. And so like people, well, you can clearly tell that the two are so different. Yeah. The response, I imagine people would have got from one or the other would be very different, especially the people who have the money to be spending on Mm. either property it's also highly confusing for the uh for the consumer you go to the cinema you see the michael bay movie mm. and you go to toys r us and you find the animated toys you're like what's this <laughs> well i mean uh, it's not the most dramatically changed thing because i think to most parents or people who would have been buying it for kids would just see transformer and think oh well that's that's the same thing it's only the the handful of people who would be like, um, Optimus Prime didn't look like this in the movie. But, I mean, they probably still buy it because it's Optimus Prime. Well, maybe. But but no, I, I, I thought that was a really lovely line. And, and and I'm I'm a little bit pissed off with you because you've made me remember how much I like those figures and I now regret selling them. <laughs> well, um, that's one thing I've been, I've been doing for this. When we're looking back, I didn't necessarily look online that much. I just looked back through the catalogue of toys I have. Mm-hmm. And animated is, they really hold up. They really are a good toy line. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're really, really lovely toys. And they've got a sense of humour to them as well that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like that sound wave with the electric guitar. Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's great. And I love it when they do something a little bit different rather than just treading the same old, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, which, you know, they're a bit guilty of these days. Okay, so that was my third favourite. What was your second favourite or is your second favourite? 
Um, my second favorite will come to no surprise to anyone is Transformers Cybertron. Wow. It does come as a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does it? Okay. Uh, it's just because there are so many lines that I consider better than Transformers Cybertron. That, um, right. <laughs> that I don't know how you're going to squeeze them all into the first spot. I, I think Cybertron pulled it in for me because um, it's because of the time of Cybertron mm -hmm. for me is where it became more of a, like this is becoming a collection thing. Yeah. And it was the first time really where I had the chance to get almost everyone in the line. Mm -hmm. And only the handful that I didn't get still to this day haunt me <laughs> to the, the weird type of FOMO. <laughs> so who, who did you not manage to get? Um, Galvatron was one. Oh, the one I had. The one you had. <laughs> um, and, oh, I see... Um, Leo Breaker. I never got Leo Breaker. It was, it was a shitty toy, to be honest. I mean, at the, at the time, I wouldn't have cared. I, no. <laughs> I, bought, Nem I bought, bought the evil version just to supplement it, because that was the only one I could find. Leo Breaker was uh, an arm pretending to be a toy. You have no idea how cool to me that was as a child. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it transformed into a giant arm for Optimus Prime, didn't it? A giant arm... You know what the cool thing about it was? It was that the engineering, because I bought the toys as the show was happening. Mm -hmm. So the engineering was always there for these things to do these things. But I never even con considered. You didn't that. notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a giant port here. Yeah, that. Oh, wow. Oh, great. <laughs> I oh, and, what, and then, you didn't think, I wonder what goes in there. You just thought, nah, that's fine. No. It, and then even when I found out that Tidal Wave's arms can go in it as well, then you can have. Mm -hmm. um, him wielding tidal wave as well. I was like, oh, yeah, that's just brilliant. I, <laughs> it was a good line. I did like a lot of figures out of that line. Um, I thought Optimus Prime was really nice. Galvatron was really nice. Megatron, you know, it's the same mold. Mm -hmm. Although that Galvatron was beautiful. Oh, I was so sparkly and. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm pretty sure I, I I get some of the Unicron trilogy mixed up. So you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But. Soundwave and uh, Noise Maze. Noise Maze was called something else there in... Uh, it was called Sideways. Sideways, in, yeah. In Touchdown, yeah. Those were lovely. I'd never got the, side, the Sideways either, but I did have this, I did have Soundwave and, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know what he transformed into, but he was... It was, a, it was like a kind of stealth bomber. Yeah, an alien stealth bomber, yeah. <laughs> It's very similar to an existing plane. Is it? Yeah, I'll <laughs> send it to you sometime. Not, it's not bang on. <laughs> Transformers Cybertron Soundwave's alt mode is loosely based on the Lockheed F-117A Nighthawk, a real-life stealth jet. As far as we know, not designed or built by aliens. But the Sound Blaster redeco of that was really beautiful as well. Um, I, I didn't even know it existed until much later, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love the way the gun was like a kind of hex hexagonal energon cube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some nice stuff there. Yeah, It was very faithful to the show, like even the way they transformed in the show. Mm -hmm. Like I really used to be, used to love those, those transformation sequences. They were like borderline instructions for the toys mm -hmm. in the way that they were transformed. And they would, because a lot of times in shows, they either speed up the transformation 
or do it in a way that is not physically possible from the toy's perspective, but in that they did it in a way that was literally just like transforming the toy. Yeah. It was something I appreciated growing up. Yeah, actually. I mean, I was a little, I was a little shocked at your choice at first, but the more I think about it, it was, it wasn't much wrong with that toy line. It was pretty good. I think there were a few that I was not too hot on, but it got better as the line went on. I remember the original hot shot being a bit, not particularly inspiring toy. Oh, the Speed Racer one from, from the start. Yeah, with the uh, spring-loaded um, spoiler that was very reminiscent of Hot Rod. Yeah, but they renamed, they did do one, uh, what's his name? Alexicon or something. They repainted him into the Hot Rod colours. and There you go, the G1. Virtual Dave is correct. Cybertron Hotshot, known as Excelion in Japan was repainted a number of times, and two such iterations were redecoed in a way that resembled G1 Hot Rod. The Hasbro version being a separate character to the character of Hotshot. Not that that matters to Orion Gear. He was disappointed with the toy, not the deco. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I thought that wasn't the greatest, but there was some really good stuff. I think the, tr- the combining gimmicks did mess up some of them. Um, oh. Like... You know, Leo Breaker and... uh, The other one was all right, the Wing Saber one. He split down the middle. No, that's that's Energon, you're thinking of. Is that Energon? Oh, it is Energon, isn't it? The other one's with the big Autobot gold shield over Prime's chest. Oh, that! Yes! Christ, yeah. Yeah. I bought... This is is how um, insane I was at the time. I bought the special chromed japanese chromed set of those you, you got prime and wing saber whatever he's called that's, in the same box that was like a holy grail of my childhood i didn't <laughs> i didn't realize you had that as well i but i only bought it because it came with kobe ramble kobe ramble What's that? you know the rumbles oh yeah yeah you, you know kobe or cody yeah, yeah. the character in the show he takes one and kind of uh, repaints it, and it's like his his vehicle. Yeah, they call them scrap metals or something in the Cybertron version. Yeah, yeah, they're called that's it, scrap metal. Yeah, yeah. So it came with a repaint of scrap metal with a new head. Okay, I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that's where that came from. So I I bought the set. I took the ramble out and I sold the rest off. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I already had an Optimus Prime and oh um, wow, <laughs> and, and a Wing Saber that weren't Chrome, and in my opinion, looked better. Wow! <laughs> I did say that's how insane I was at the time. That's crazy. Okay. I, mean, I mean, every time we have a discussion about your old collection, there's always something that's like a hidden gem that you just sold off. Uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> I needed to. It was it, it was a uh, it was cathartic. Oh wow. Well no, that's uh, there you go. That was my choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good choice. It's a good choice. All right, well I'll give you my number two, mm-hmm. which I should remind myself of. All right, number two, Beast Wars, the entire Beast Wars line. Uh-huh. It was innovative, it completely changed the way Transformers worked. Mm-hmm. They took some of the ideas, some of the things that are kind of been kicking around in G2 and G1.5, like ball joints, and gave everyone ball joints. Mm-hmm. And they 
they started the whole integrated weaponry thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's weapon was part of their part of their beast mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. They introduced size classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used lots of new and interesting things like, well, probably not quite as popular would be the uh, vacuum metal stuff because that oh, cracked right. and broke off. But it looked great. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just really nice toys. I really liked the Beast Wars toys, which I you know revisited as an older older person. It was a brilliant line with some really great figures in it, and they were just a lot different to what had come before. And again, a bit like what I was saying with, with Animated, it was a bold stylistic change, mm-hmm. and it worked, and it sold like hotcakes. It was a very popular toy line. It's, um... and, and like... Go on. I was going to say it's it's another one of those series where it's very faithful to what you see on screen. Yeah. I mean, because whenever I look back at stuff like Generation 1 and like, you know, Ironhide having no head or mm-hmm. Prime having yellow eyes, I was like, well, this is such a... I, 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 wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it would have been like because I, I feel like I've come from such a spoiled timeline of Transformers toys where it looks like the show. Or, yeah, you have a different perspective on it. Yeah, whereas you really have to have let your imagination run wild with you with these old G1 toys and like this is this is Optimus Prime. The scale of everyone going inside Astro Train makes sense to me somehow, even though he's one of the smallest ones. That it, all that type of stuff. Beast Wars. Yeah, yeah, changed. yeah, yeah. I, I I get what you mean. Yeah, Beast Wars was the show accuracy was there, but then you know they had the luxury of having toys to work from when they were. Designing the show. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I know Generation 1 did have that, but those toys came from three three or four different companies <laughs> yeah. and they're all different sizes and they looked a bit... Well, they looked like toys. Mm-hmm. And if the animation company had gone, oh, yeah, we'll make Optimus Prime look exactly like the toy, it wouldn't have looked very good it, as a TV show. Yeah. It, it's definitely the first time it's really kind of been so different at the same time trying to do all of those things so it's mm. it was a very bold choice of them to do all these things for the same yeah. toy line because they could have done the classes and all that other stuff with another line but they started to do mm. all of that with beast wars and yeah yeah lots of stuff um, was introduced in beast wars which we still see today yeah that's one of the, one of the reasons it's on my list and also just because they were just really really nice toys and loads of those toys have kind of found their way into later lines and so on, like very universe repaints of some of them and so on. And mm-hmm. when I st- when I, when I started collecting, like I picked some of those up, and I was like, these these are pretty amazing. So yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, my, my, my number two. My number one. Well, your number one. Uh, drum roll. <laughs> War for Cybertron. All chapters. Okay. The whole line. All right. And this is the recent Transformers War for Cybertron, not the old video games yes. line. Okay. I can mm-hmm. absolutely see why you choose that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of encompasses everything we've talked about throughout the other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like it has really shown that Hasbro slash Takara have listened to fans and have really tried to update what you're getting at these different price points. And I think when Siege first came about and everyone was very taken back by their choice of scale, right? a lot of the characters were smaller, but then realized what type of engineering has gone into all of these toys. Yeah. 
people have kind of reflected on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great line. I think if someone had been out of collecting, but known of G1 and some of those earlier shows and then came into this. Yeah, it's a great line. It's a, it's, um, it's a G1 do-over mm-hmm. with all the innovations that have been made in Transformers since G1 uh, used to kind of redo G1 the way, the way it would have been done today, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, and I think if I were 10, 15 years younger, I would be buying all of it. <laughs> I think you're, um, I don't know, what, what's the best word? Your, your outlook on the collections and the franchises it is now is, is very insightful because knowing that you've had some of the, the best and worst toys throughout the Transformers <laughs> history and can still, still appreciate what is on the shelves now is, uh, is very insightful to me. So I've got, well, yeah, well yeah. I think they look great. I think the only, the only reason I don't buy them is it's a slippery slope. If I bought one or two, I'd have to buy more. And Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got a very minimal, minimalist approach to, to, to toy collecting now. So mm. for me, it, it, it's yeah it, it would be it would be like i don't know taking a taking some kind of some kind of highly addictive drug and i would be uh, it's best not to it's best not to start <laughs> having one cookie in a pack of cookies and then you just can't help yourself yeah it's, <laughs> i don't want to go there i'm happy to admire war for cybertron from afar mm-hmm. but i do think it looks fantastic and uh, some great great figures in there really great updates on g1 stuff and they've done it right this time. Like they, they've had so many um, attempts at doing this all the way through the chug line, Mm -hmm. but it was always not quite there or a bit patchy. It was, um, it was like they were trying to appease G1s, G1ers and also people from like IDW. Like it was also like, we can try and scratch both itches and stuff. It wasn't always very one or the other. It wasn't unified behind a, tv show as well so yeah they were just making figures for collectors Mm. so they were like well we know you like the idw comics here's some idw guys we know you like g1 here's some g1 ones and we know you like uh beast wars here's a rat trap yeah (laughs) this is far more focused and it does it does it really does feel like they're doing just redoing g1 Mm -hmm. with a little bit of beast wars peppered in there now We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we get to see more of that, but only time will tell, isn't it? Yeah, there's some great stuff in there. I, I can see why it's your number one. I think it's because um, we know that we, people must know that we have a very certain view on the show of why Wolf of Cybertron, Siege and Earthrise at the moment. Yes, uh, uh, what a great segue there, <laughs> Virtual Dave. Time for a plug. Yes, we have we have done two podcasts on this and you can head to your favorite podcast app and look up Arg my optics and you will find a good a good hour long discussion on each one yep. uh, with our thoughts thoughts on a uh, uh, siege and earthrise and of course you know when they when they put out kingdom we'll be doing another one for that it's a really good toy line that represents the show because i mean a lot of the the different choices we've spoken about so far have been in tandem with a show mm-hmm. and i think this one really for the characters that have that are in the show mm-hmm. look like um look like the toys and vice versa yeah it's something that really um drives home that type of basis of transformers of that you know you're practically watching a toy advert 
and that will want you to get these toys. But even when it spills out into other characters and you're just like, these figures are good on their own, it's something that needs to be recognized that it's not just for the ones that's in the show, it's other characters in the line that are very good. Okay. Well, do you want my number one? Yeah. It's obviously Generation One, isn't it? No way. <laughs> Clearly. Generation One, the original, the best. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, <laughs> but and mine's right. I want I want to know why Generation One is yours. Right. Well, the reason it's my number one is it started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And for the length it went on, the amount of stuff they did, mm-hmm. the amount of inventiveness within the line, the scope of it, the variety, it created everything that came after it. And there's so many flavors of G1. There's so much to be discovered. It was There's just hundreds of figures. And I grew up with them as well. So yeah, there's some nostalgia in there as well. Generation one was my introduction to Transformers. I saw it on the shelves. I had them bought for me as Christmas presents. I aged with the line to the point in which I was spending my pocket money on it. Mm-hmm. And for me, there was just so much in there and so much uh, variety. It had everything. Beautiful packaging. Mm-hmm. Those boxes are, are designed classic today. And uh, I love the bios and the tech specs on the back that you had to <laughs> read with the little, little transparent bit of red cellophane. <laughs> It just, it was the whole package. And what I loved about Transformers from the beginning was the idea of real world objects and vehicles that transformed into robots. And you had that with the Dioclone and Microman stuff. Mm. And they were robots in disguise, which they're not always so much these days. <laughs> it was great. You've got two toys in one. You know, you've got a realistic looking police car and a robot called Prowl. Mm-hmm. Um, then the line progressed from there and Hasbro started designing their own toys rather than, you know, taking them off of other companies. You've got all the gimmicks. All the gimmicks we see today were invented in G1. Combiners, triple changers, city bots, headmasters, target masters, power masters, micro masters, acro masters, every, every type of master you can imagine. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just the, scope. the whole thing is huge. And it was up, up against some insane competition at the time, like, he-Man and Mask and oh, yeah. Zoids and I mean the GoBots beat them to market mm. and Transformers came along and blew GoBots out of the water. <laughs> oh poor, poor GoBots. <laughs> like I say, it ran it ran for six years, I think. 84 to 90, roughly. Mm-hmm. And I went from getting the occasional Transformers a Christmas present or whatever. I didn't have a large G1 collection, but I went all the way through to when I could afford to go down the toy shop myself and buy myself some Action Masters and Micro Masters. So what point in G1 in that timeline would you say is your favourite part of the G1? I, I think it probably it's probably when I started buying them myself. So it's, prob- it's probably Action Masters and Micro Masters. Well, that's the one that gives me the most nostalgia. Okay. Certain figures I got nostalgia for because I had a, had a G1 Soundwave. I had a G1 Skywarp. Mm-hmm. My brother had a Scattershot and a Landfill. Oh, yeah. So, isn't it, and, and, you know, I had friends who had a Hot Rod or a Rodimus Prime, and I saw the movie, and I wanted some of those toys. and never got them. Mm. I remember people having Ultra Magnus and, uh, and Megatron with that really... 
crazy annoying sound he makes. <laughs> Orion Gear is having a senior moment. He means Galvatron, not Megatron. I can't. I don't know if I really pinpoint my favourite part. I mean, I think I just have a lot of nostalgia for the time when I started actually buying my own toys, and I love the I love the Action Masters. I know they're ha- they're heavily um heavily berated by a lot of people who oh, Transformers need to transform kind of stuff. Yep. But <laughs> I thought they were great little action figures, and they had little transforming bodies with them. That was fine. <laughs> it's interesting that you put all of that in the same type of headspace, because like to me. Looking back at it, that was like, it, well, I mean, it is all Generation 1, but I mean, there are versions of it that are slightly well-regarded and more than others, is from my understanding mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah. Especially as it gets towards the end, where it gets a bit more neon-coloured and becomes the Generation 2. Yeah. Is where people start to fall off or not like it as much. It's interesting, though, that you have that type of affinity for all of it well generation side of generation one side mm-hmm. i thought you would have had a more pinpointed part that you were no not really because i i think again it's got a lot to do with the fiction i was reading the the marvel comic books and the marvel comic books ran throughout the whole thing they ran from the very you know the very first toys all the way through to the very last mm-hmm. so you had characters who were important in the comic book that were from very different parts of the toy line. Simon Thurman was kind of grabbing stuff from all over the place, mostly because he was trying to, especially early on, put characters in his UK strip all right. that wouldn't affect the US strip because he was writing fill-in stories. Because bit of history, the American Marvel comic book came out monthly. American comic books do come out monthly. Mm-hmm. But in the in the UK, the Transformers uh, comic was coming out weekly, stroke bi-weekly. I think it was weekly for a while, then I think it dropped down to uh, fortnightly. Mm-hmm. This is almost right. It was actually fortnightly for the first 26 issues, then weekly until issue 308, and back to fortnightly for the final 23 issues. That's right, the UK got a lot more Transformers comic books than the US, 252 more issues in fact. Because of that, the guys putting together the UK stuff had to write back backup stories, extra stories to put in the comic to fill them out because they weren't getting enough material from Marvel US. So Simon Furman, who later became in charge of the entire comic book and was writing the American one as well, before he was doing that, he was having to find characters that just weren't being used in the in the US strip so that he could tell other stories that wouldn't mess with the continuity that was going on. So he was pulling stuff in from all over the place. And I think he learned that they weren't planning on using many of the uh, movie characters. Mm. So he went, oh, right, fine. Right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to have Galvatron come back from the future um, and, and do some stuff like. So I think that's why I have a kind of love for the whole thing, because I love the whole story, the whole. Um, OK, a whole na- whole narrative that went through the entire Marvel comics. So, and also these toys were around for my entire childhood. Mm -hmm. Like this line ran from, I was age eight, I think. No, six. I was six years old when Transformers came out. Mm -hmm. And when it ended, I was like 13, 14. 
So it, that was my entire childhood. Transformers was just a constant. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's the best line. I think it's the the most varied. I think it's got the it's it's the most innovative. It's got the most imagination. War for Cybertron is fantastic, but it hasn't got an ounce of imagination. It's it's um it's like what you said. It's this War for Cybertron is just a modern version of G1. They've just taken those exact same characters, those exact same alt modes, and they've tried to put all those ball joints and articulation and the, the waist swivels that everyone wants and make them mm-hmm. slightly bigger. And it, yeah. it's, it's the same It's the same recipe, but someone else is cooking it. You know, it's just it's the same thing. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a reboot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because technically... Our first choices are the exact same thing, but just the age apart from one another, like the different mm-hmm. ends of the timeline. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I think that Generation One, it has to be for me, it just just because of where it was in my in my life, and also how much how none of this would exist if 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 it hadn't done. I completely I completely agree. It was just the same way I feel about the Unicorn trilogy and. They're, yeah. they're wacky gimmicks and toys as well. It's just because of what yeah. fell for, for me, the franchise. I can understand criticism of G1 for being not being very articulated or being a bit fragile. But these toys are 35 years old, you know? <laughs> Can't compare them to modern standards. And modern standards wouldn't exist if we hadn't had everything that's built up to them. It's true. It's interesting because even though there is that many people who have those type of criticisms of the original Generation One, there are still even more people hunting those down, and oh yeah, not wanting vintage collectors, not wanting the reissues. They want the real deal. They want absolutely, you know, Metroplex in box. I mean, good luck, but <laughs> someone wants that, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy to me because like there are official offerings, there's third party offerings, there's all sorts of different ways of you getting those type of figures, but it's the vintage collectors still want those original toys yeah, and not necessarily always in box or anything, but it's um, it, 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 that speaks for itself. That it's, it's held the test of time yeah. in that regard. To people, so it's not the same, is it? It's not the same buying a reissue or a knockoff or whatever as getting the actual toy that was on the actual shelf in 1984 you know reissues reissues and so on will go will only go so far and in that respect there we go yeah so before we wind it up any any honorable mentions i've got one or two that i wanted to just mention that could have been in the list um yeah i wanted to give a special honorable mention to rid Virtual Dave is talking about the 2001 toy line Transformers Robots in Disguise, not the 2015 toy line Transformers Robots in Disguise, or indeed the 2012 comic book Transformers Robots in Disguise. Yes, we know it's confusing. Blame Hasbro. I didn't have many of the R.A.D. toys, but the ones I did have were amazing and mm-hmm. love or hate the show. The toys, especially the vehicle modes, were brilliant and the reuse of the random transmetal Predacons and whatnot were, you know, they blended in so well in, in that toy line. So I, it has to be mentioned. It was a very, yeah, it was a very random line in that it had things pulled from generation one, generation two, mm-hmm. 
Beast Wars, mm-hmm. and then also original molds mm-hmm. for the line as well. Machine, I think there was some Machine War stuff in there as well. But like, yeah, that, that was a it was a good line. There were some really good figures in there. Yeah. I did did like that. I'd like to. We mentioned Masterpiece, so we don't need to. I do really love Masterpiece, or have in the past. And when it started, it was like a dream come true. Seeing <laughs> seeing that grey prototype of MP1, and thinking, oh, good lord. Oh my God, <laughs> they're making the toy I always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And to think that now some people don't rate MP1. It was an amazing figure. It's crazy because even me as a child at the time, I've had no aspects of getting that first masterpiece, uh, Maximus Prime, but I remember it from all the little comic books you used to get from Armada and mm-hmm. Energon. They used to have those little bits of advertisements in the in the comics. Yeah. The universe toys and then alternators and then masterpiece mm-hmm. i remember that image of prime being in there and some sort of anniversary that it was for for the first time around 20 20 no 15th 20th oh god i do know i think it was 25th <laughs> i think it's the 25th anniversary orion gear is having another senior moment hasbro put out mp1 convoy for the 20th anniversary of g1 by the time we got to the 25th anniversary they would put out their own version of the second masterpiece version of Optus Prime, known by most as MP10. Anyway, there was there was a couple of different version releases of MP1. And, and to me, it wasn't as interesting as the alternators or the other toys because I did not know much about Generation 1 at the time. Mm-hmm. All I knew of Transformers was, I don't think I had watched the movie yet, so it was all just Armada and Beast Wars. Only as time went along and I watched the movie and then find out how great Optimus Prime is, could I find MP1? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing, like, when the Masterpiece line started, it it wasn't clear it was going to be, like, a permanent thing. It was like, are we just going to get Prime and that's it? Mm-hmm. Maybe a year or two later, you've got Starscream, and then we got some Starscream repaints, and then there was a very sketchy Megatron. No, oh, yes. <laughs> but it wasn't until they rebooted the line uh, with MP10, that it really kind of took off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to give it an honourable mention because I do love Masterpiece. I have my little problems with it, which you kind of mentioned earlier. But it is, it's the collector-grade line and it's really wonderful that it exists. It's one of the longest lines out of all of them, isn't it? Well, yeah, but um, considering they only put out four or five toys a year, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to call it, like, yeah, terribly consistent in that respect. That's true. So along with that, you mentioned alternators. For me, alternators slash Binaltech, they were amazing. They were the prototype for the MP cars. Mm-hmm. And they had those beautiful real-world designs, like proper cars that you actually saw on the street. Mm-hmm. And those lovely paint jobs. And the, the Binaltech versions with their complete die-cast shell. Lovely, lovely things. They're not aged too well. You look at them now and... They're a bit kind of wonky and uh, don't hold together as nicely as modern stuff does. Yeah, I I only have the one, and I think it's Silver Streak. Mm -hmm. And it was borderline frightening trying to transform them back and forth (laughs) because of those type of things that don't really tab in but might tab in. Or I mean, it's fine once you get them in either mode, but getting there is a bit of a struggle. And it was easy to chip Um, that die cast on the vinyl text as well. Oh, well... That was even more of a worry to even touch. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Although there was the movie line 
I think during the second movie, mm-hmm. they had a line called Human Alliance, uh-huh. which were very similar to Alternators, where they actually cared about interior yes. and all that type of stuff. And they came with little characters to sit inside and whatnot. I thought that, I mean, it's never really been revisited since, but that was a nice kind of update to that. Even though if you didn't like the movie designs, it was still very like Alternators in that regard sure. of the alt modes taking the forefront of what you're buying. And you had the driver stuff in Binaltech as well, because you had Binaltech Asterisk, which was a um, little offshoot of Binaltech that only lasted for about three or four releases. Oh. You got a Binaltech figure with a little little anime character that could ride around in it. Now, sadly, this morphed into Kiss Players, and we'd rather not talk about that. All right. <laughs> So you did have a bit of that. And the only other line I wanted to give an honourable mention to, and I'll let you mention anything else after this, is Robot Masters. I love that line. Oh, yes. Because it was just so collectible. Mm -hmm. All the toys were roughly the same size. They were mostly um, basics. They were mostly kind of, you know, little little toys. But there were some really nice choices of moulds, repainted, and then there were the new ones that, that they, they made a new Optimus Primal, a new uh, Beast Wars Megatron, mm-hmm. a new G1 Optimus Prime, and a new uh, Starscream. Mm-hmm. It was just a lovely little line that wasn't really connected to any fiction, mm-hmm. but it was just a nice little collection. Well, there was some fiction and it was crazy. It didn't make any <laughs> sense. Lovely little boxes, lovely little uh, lovely little toys, really, really nice, uh, fun things to play with. Um I really like mm-hmm. Robot Masters. I think that's a good. It's a, it's a good line. It's a very um, uh, what would you call it? I mean, it's kind of like a crossover event without being like a crossover toys. The yeah, they just have a weird team up of all the, these different characters, and it kind of fit in the way they. But yeah, I mean, it's Japan tries to explain yeah, it. And there, there. there was some. There was something called the Blasty Zone, and uh, and things happened in the Blasty Zone, which basically meant that everybody from every generation could somehow get involved in this. It didn't really matter, <laughs> which is fine. And, you know, you got things like Reverse Convoy that was a, <laughs> was G2 Megatron, but he was also, he was also Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Great toy though. <laughs> so no, yeah, I, I, I did like it. Do you have any more honourable mentions? Um, I think the only other one that I would like to bring up is the titans return line mm-hmm. but that's that's so just because i love headmaster so much it was a great return of the titans and it was it was, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> well there weren't actually that many titans in that it was one it was, wasn't there was two there was Surely? two there were Tri- tryptocon and fort max and i can it kind of gave that class like mm. a, a staple in the lines now of having a bigger city bot. So yeah. it kind of had all, had all of like the really strange gimmicks that I like from Transformers that we haven't really seen yeah. in a while. And it was it was nice just to kind of get them one at one, you know, Target Masters, Headmasters. The yeah, absolutely. That's what I was kind of saying. It's in a way that line and Combiner Wars and uh, the, the other one mm-hmm. was a kind of dry run for what they're doing with War for Cybertron. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it was it was a step to, towards what you've got now. My 
Well, that's enough of that. What are your bottom three and top three toy lines and why? Do you agree with Dave or myself? Let us know on social media. You can contact us on Facebook. There's an Arg My Optics page now. And I'm kicking about on there as Orion Gear. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Gear Orion and Orion underscore gear, respectively. Dave, where can they hassle you? Um, you can always find me on Instagram on, at virtualdave26. Good stuff. If you enjoyed our ramblings, it would be terribly kind of you to like, subscribe, share, etc., etc. Talking of terribly kind behaviour, we'd like to thank all those that have given us encouragement on social media, message boards, and so on. We really appreciate it, don't you think? Yes, woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please join us again next time on Ag My Optics. Optics.